Today's edition of the Roma Press Podcast is brought to you by our newest partner at www.romapress.co.uk. Again, www.romapress.co.uk. Our partner is providing you with the best football betting tips this past weekend. There was a total of 46 tips, and they had 83% accuracy. I know a lot of you like to wager on certain matches throughout Europe to make the games a bit more interesting. So why don't you do yourself a favor, make yourself more money, win more bets by going to www.aromapress.co.uk. We were having an issue this past weekend if you weren't entering the www before the address and you were just putting in the aromapress.co.uk was saying that the domain is for sale. We're working on that. We're aware of it. But if you go to www.aromapress.co.uk, you will have no issues. Again, for the cost of a coffee per week, you can win more bets you can win more money. www.aromapress.co.uk Welcome to the Roma Press Podcast with John Solano. All right, Andy. Roma 2, Bologna 1. Uh, what were your initial takeaways? Um, my initial takeaways was that this was a, a very um, reminded me of the Francesco's uh, uh, resilient Roma from the beginning of last season when we are winning um, just the way we did yesterday, playing ugly games against smaller sides and 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 coming out with a, with a crucial three points. Um, and that's all there is to that game uh, from yesterday because it was as ugly as any Roma game I've ever seen. And um, But, you know, sometimes you, you lose those. And yesterday we are, we are lucky enough that um, we won. I agree. I, I have to say I fully expected a capitulation after they gave up that goal, which I need somebody to explain to me how VAR didn't rule that offsides, um, that made little to no sense to me. But nonetheless, they won. I expected a full capitulation. They didn't. Despite as poorly as Fazio played, he said something very interesting in the post-match. He said, we were finally starting to act like a mature team, which I completely agreed with. Um, This is a side that has so many veterans in it. They should not be melting down at the end of matches like they tend to do at times. Um, I expected it yesterday, but it never happened. And I just have to say this. I thought one of the most beautiful moments of the match was not the goal um, from Fazio. Um, I thought the best moment came from Jekko, who I have slated on here for pouting with a poor attitude. When he carried the ball the length of the pitch, took it into the corner, won a free kick, and then subsequently won another set of corner kicks. And then he won a throw-in. That is what I love to see. That that made my heart melt and put a smile on my face. I thought that was the best moment. What that, a beautiful that, message yeah, to that, send to the young players. Yeah, that that erased the 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 um, the, the other ninety minutes where he was nowhere to be seen, unfortunately. Because let's let's be honest, yesterday it was another game of those where Jekyll looked completely off and um, not motivated and. Then, surprisingly enough, when El Sharawi came on, 
he showed something. He helped him get that penalty. Um, I, I just think that yesterday, I, I, I was sure after that first half, which was horrendous, it was terrible. Um, and by the way, for those of you who don't know, we, we've allowed uh, more chances against Bologna than any other team this season in Serie A. Uh, the only other matches where we allowed more chances was against Real Madrid and Liverpool. <laughs> so let's think about that. Um, considering we had, we, had we, we were, you know, Santander looked like uh, Cristiano Ronaldo and Edera looked like Messi and Soriano looked like Prime Modric. Pauli looked like Cross. Um, yeah, I just thought that... It looked like one of those games where just Roma are not going to be able to to do, do do anything about it. That as many times as we will try to move forward, um, we'll not be able to get through. And um, I think this game, I've, we've criticized them very heavily. I've criticized them very heavily because he had an awful start to the season. And he sometimes can be so irritating, but... I'm starting to see an El Sharawi that is becoming crucial um, to this team. And and it's just very surprising because he's not one of those players that you look at and you say, wow, this guy can make the team rotate differently um, on a whole other level. But that's what happened yesterday. As soon as he came on, we looked differently. We moved differently. Uh and and it was just and he just seems like he's more calm and more mature. I I thought he was absolutely spectacular when he came on. So there was a handful of things that I really liked from yesterday, and there was a handful of things I really hated. So let's start with the things I liked. I said that Mirante should maybe get another chance. You said you have to go back to Olsen. What a performance! That might have been his best of the season. Sure. Yeah. And but again, you know, it's must be frustrating for him to pull off one of those performances because the, I think this one and the one against Real Madrid are, are are his best ones yet. And it must be frustrating for him to pull off such an incredible performance and then still not keep a clean sheet. And I think it just speaks volume of, of, of our defense, which last night was tragic. Um, it just I think that he's a he's a good goalkeeper and we've talked about this, but in order for him to be considered because I've read people saying, well, a good goalkeeper needs to be consistent. I I will keep saying this until we will get a decent defender uh, next to Manolas. How can you expect a, a, a good, maybe average goalkeeper to be consistent if you keep putting him uh, in, in those kind of situations where defenders are nowhere to be seen and they get played easily by weaker opponents. I mean, how can, you know, uh, at a certain moment, you know, you can be as talented as, as you want, but if every two, two minutes you, you're getting a shot blasted uh, on, on goal, um, at a certain moment you will have to concede. And, and it's just, I think... The consistency of Olsen, the, the fact that he can go through two or three games where he makes these childish mistakes and then come up big and, and pull off this sort of performance, it's, it, it speaks volumes of, of the defense. It speaks more of the defense than it does of him. 
So he was good. I thought Pellegrini was good. I thought we already mentioned him. El Shadawi was good. Zonzi was good. I like Zonzi. You know, I, I wanted to bring that up. I feel like he's one of the most divisive players that we've had in a oh, long yeah. time. Um, again, I maintain that what he does is not something that shows in the form of statistics. And I got into World War Three over the weekend about statistics with uh, numbers guy. Numbers uh, yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah. For anyone who missed it, um, <laughs> I, I'm not going to even give out the the web address because the last thing I need to do is give this guy any more satisfaction. But um, a gentleman who who I got in a a Twitter parlay with, who said Nicolo Zaniolo may be a bit overhyped. Um, we uh, we went back and forth. He he admitted he'd never watched Zaniolo, but he looked at his numbers and wrote a thousand word expose about why why Zaniolo is overhyped without ever having seen him. All all he needs to see were his statistics, which to me is just I don't even know how you formulate that. I don't know how those words combine in your brain and then come out your mouth. Um, but anyway, yeah, but the same applies so, to Nzonzi. The, the, this, we, yeah, we're, we're linking this to that story. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm somehow finding a way to link that to Nzonzi. I you know, I think a lot of people judge him unfairly, maybe because his game is not like Derossi. You know, when he comes in for Derossi, people think he's a regista. He's not. No, he's not. He I, I, he doesn't play very. That has never been his game. No. I I mean, to me, he's the embodiment of a mediano. I mean, a pure defensive midfielder he recovers the ball he gets it into the feet of the other midfielders and he he's able to recover the ball win duels he's an aerial threat I, I just I feel like people compare the two and they're not even remotely close in terms of play or style um, I, I thought Nzonzi frankly was fantastic and he saved uh, Manolas and Fazio's asses on a number of occasions definitely yeah yesterday <laughs> I mean you know, again, I think I think what what uh, the main problem was that that um, Nzonzi cannot play the the whole that whole midfield from the first half cannot play together. Um, Cristante, it's a, it's a four three three of Cristante, Pellegrini, and Nzonzi. That doesn't work. Um, Nzonzi plays much better in a two man midfield in the back, and um, and we saw that, and and it just. I think the problem with him is that people, you know, people have these expectations. They don't necessarily know a player. Um, they see that he, he he was paid a lot of money. Well, for a club like Roma, a lot of money because he was paid like thirty million. Uh, and um, and he's not a flashy player. He will not show up, as you said in the statistics. He does not play vertically. He doesn't launch the ball forward like De Rossi can. Um, the, the way De Rossi uh, 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 has shown over the years, he, he doesn't do that. His best qualities are those of of the one who's supposed to break up the opponent's play, recover the ball, and as you said, give pass it to someone who can do that, who can launch the ball forward, who can make the play. Um, that's why his best time was at Sevilla when he had Nasri next to him. Two completely different players. Nasri was a definitely more attacking player and, and Nasri was the one who was creating the the, 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 the plays. Um, Nzonzi was the, the, the guy who 
did all the dirty work. And um, that's not going to show up on the on the stat sheets um, unless you're looking at tackles or whatever. Um, but yeah, I thought, again, yesterday um, I liked him and I just, I he scored, but, but it just doesn't, what, what, what is wrong with Fazio? Because a lot of people are saying, uh, yeah, he cannot run. Um, he plays in this high line in defense. Okay, but that's not even a problem. If you look at the mistakes that he made yesterday, for example, that one, uh, the, the cross that he let, you know, he thought, run. Yeah, yeah, he just <laughs> let it pass by him. I mean that that that, so that is that is terrible defensive awareness it has nothing to do with movement that just a defender who doesn't know what his job is uh and and the fact is that he didn't even try to recover on that play uh I don't know who that was I think it was Edra who got the ball and then got the shot off and Fatsu was was still nowhere to be seen it was like he just gave up on that ball and those are like basics what is wrong with this guy He's been horrible, and we just spoke about Nzonzi, another divisive character, and I know you know who I'm talking about, and you were debating yesterday. I was debating it at length yesterday. <laughs> Florenzi. Um, gosh, I, I just, again, I, I hate to pile on, but what we do here is we, we discuss the last match, and I feel like he's been brought up a lot more than others recently. Same thing with Fazio, but they've both been terrible, and... Again, Florenzi, that was about as bad as a performance as you're going to see. That was really bad. Yeah, and it, it, it just, uh, to me, I mean, it, it's, we talk about Fazio and Florenzi um, because they've, they haven't shown anything worth mentioning this year. They haven't redeemed themselves even for at least one game where you could say, wow, he was easily the best player. Because let's face it, Kolarov has. We've criticized them uh, uh, many times this season, and I think it was justified. But he came through uh, in, in these last games. Um, he just plays with an attitude. We, we've criticized El Shirawi. He came through. He's been easily one of our most reliable players we've criticized Cristante same goes for him play Legrini whatever but these two and yesterday Florenzi I mean in the first half he had like three counter attacks which he wasted um because he always makes the wrong decisions always he doesn't have one single quality that you can say okay now he's gonna rely on this you know Colaro for example if something goes wrong he still is a brilliant uh, shot ta- shot taker and often shot maker he's always threatening so he can have as bad of a game uh, as any but he's still dangerous meanwhile Florenzi doesn't have much to offer and I thought that was the glaring difference between him and Karstorp yesterday I thought if we had Karstorp out there yesterday we would have been much more dangerous in that first half where we were basically uh, not producing anything uh, worth noting. And and then again, you know, all those... Uh, we I was arguing about this whole concept of Filia di Roma, son of Rome. And, and yes, <laughs> yesterday there, there, there was that whole scene of him. Uh, I don't know who that was. I, he was, you know, he put the finger on the guy's forehead, basically started like, you know, what do you want, you punk? You know, started like... Um, 
I don't know who that guy was from Bologna. They just got into it, and and basically Florenzi went uh, head to, face to face with the guy, and he started acting tough. But that's just something I can't stomach. Is a player that doesn't show that same, you know, aggressiveness on the pitch, and then you know starts to uh, uh, bark up a tree. It's like uh, that scene from The Untouchables when uh, Robert De Niro's <laughs> Al Capone is being dragged out of the courtroom and he's yelling to Kevin Costner, all talking badge, all talking badge. Well, that's exactly what Florence is doing right now. He's not backing all this talk with, with his play. He's been terrible. We're going to have to find a way to work in more movie references. <laughs> um, but... You know, I I have I have to pose this um, because I I think it is true. But truly, if he was not a Romano Romanista, do you think he would even still be at the club? Because Frank, I I got to be completely frank. I think it's no, no, same. I don't think so. I I, I truly don't think so. I think it, there is there is just this attachment, um, this longing for you know this probably even fear of. What's going to happen when De Rossi retires, you know? And um, a big part of me, I mean, look, the, I, I really, I don't want to say these things, but if I think about it, the last really good Florenzi that I can remember is the Florenzi from the Euro 2016. Remember that Florenzi where he hustled, he played, he played as a midfielder under Conte um, and was incredible. I thought he was one of the best, uh, players for Italy um, in that competition, and and then you know injury after injury, and 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 now he's just he's what 28, 27, 28, and and there is there are no signs of improvement, and frankly, I don't see him being this this leader figure. I don't think he's the you know Roma need him to succeed because you could argue, look all those years Roma desperately needed Totti. Totti was incredible. Totti was an all-time great. Roma without Totti, I wouldn't even, you know, I wouldn't, I couldn't, can't even imagine uh, it, so many years of him just carrying us. And same goes Florenzi in these last couple of years where he's been truly uh, one of a kind and, and, and hard to replace. But Florenzi, what is the difference if he's not on the pitch? What if what is the difference if he's not on the bench? I don't see it. Yeah, and our our, our good friend Centro Alstini, he tweeted something to the effect of he wasn't sure why he was getting the whistles um, when he was when he was replaced with about 10, 15 minutes ago. Um, I mean, they were clear as day that Florenzi didn't get the best reception upon coming off the pitch, but. You know, I, I think it's just he's been that bad. Um, I still maintain that if this was the Florenzi who, under Zeman, was playing as a central midfielder, work rate incredible, he had the creativity, play between the lines, I think it's a completely different player. I think the greatest injustice <laughs> ever done to him was by Rudy Garcia making him a wide player, forcing him to play on the wing, forcing him to play it right back. And a lot of it was done out of necessity, of course. But I, he, he to me, is everything. He's one of those stories about a player, what could have been, how good he could have been in a much different role than a much different position. But, I mean, we have to be frank with ourselves. If Roma's resources, particularly financially, are very thin, especially when you compare it to the likes of Juve, I mean, look at the top of Roma's... Um, 
the wages. I mean, Florenzi is up there. Pastore Perotti. is up there. Perotti is up there. I mean, these guys have done nothing the entire season. Yes, and and again, it's um, look at you look at the, these successful clubs like exactly like Juve. You may. You know, you may uh, you may dis- you may not like or you may not respect. You know, Juve's businesses, uh, Juve's way of, of dealing with you know uh, market related issues, but they never they never keep players uh, who are detrimental or who are detrimental or who are on the downhill. Um, as soon as you can, as as soon as Juve spots there is a decline. Uh, in a player, think about Evra, for example. Uh, think about even a guy like Caceres. They cut him. They sell him. They offload him. And it, it may seem cruel because, you know, you would even look at a guy like Marquisio, um, who was a bandiera for Juve. But as soon as they saw that, you know what, he's not producing, he's not helping us. I know it's two totally different situations, age-wise and everything. But it seems like this Florenzi situation uh, is it is because of attachment, sentimentality, and I just don't think as much as you like him or you know whatever you you feel for him for all the injuries for oh he could have been a special player. Keeping those sort of players that really don't make a significant difference for the, such high you know high wages. Um, in today's market, in today's Roma's financial situation, is crazy because you already know that if Roma don't get, uh, don't find themselves in the Champions League uh, next year, they're gonna sell players. I don't think Florenzi is one of those players that could happen to be sold. So, you know, that's that's the situation. Yeah, I don't think so either. And I mean, even look at what how Juve handled Del Piero. I mean, they got so much shit for that. They basically shipped them off to play with kangaroos in the <laughs> Australian league. Um, but the second you're 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 absolutely right. The second that they sense that you are no longer up to scratch, you're no longer at the necessary level, they bend you. And that is where I couldn't have summed it up summed it up better myself. The sentimentality. That is something that has to absolutely go away. And I agree with you. You may not like Juve, how they handle things, their business dealings, even their supporters or whatever it may be. But whether you like it or it's, not, it, they're, they're only about winning. one thing. That's, and that's winning. winning. It's winning. Look at, look at uh, Buffon. I know, again, different age-wise, whatever. But... They, 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 they found, you know, they found replacements. They've put trust uh, in players that, you know, like Chesney, who last year performed well, and 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 they just they just know how to spot the weaknesses, uh, and and how to turn those weaknesses into strengths. And and you may like it or not but that's what a winning team does and and Roma are still not there i it comes down to supporters management if you're if you if you still get attached in a sentimental way to players that really don't have any valuable input um, especially again i stress this for a team like roma which is so particular 
financial situation, histories, the situation of, of not winning, of not being a historically successful winning club, you just cannot afford to, to have a guy like Florenzi or have a guy like Perotti. Um, and having them getting paid three million uh, 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 salaries, uh, it, it's simply crazy. Because again, I, Perotti, wonderful players under Spalletti. Uh, under Di Francesco, he's been declining, getting injured time after time after time. And 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 look, and he's still here, still making a lot of money. Has had what two appearances this whole season. And if you ask. If you ask most supporters, they'll still say we want Diego to stay because he's fought for the club. He uh, he he went through a lot of injuries for us. The whole time, the same talk. Um, try talking to a Juve fan. It's it's just a culture. Um, you may like it, you may not like it, but it, it is a culture. It's a winning culture. Yeah, I mean that's something that Roma, frankly, have never had at least in my lifetime in probably the majority of our listeners lifetime where they Roma seems to stand out in the sense where they won't bin you the second you have a struggle whereas Juve will and I I mean we have to be frank whether you like it or not that sets them apart so Something has to change. Now, again, this is way more of a sure, big picture, sure. uh, more of a big picture uh, monologue, so to speak, when we're really just talking about Florenzi. But I think it do- goes to a bigger issue, which is more the mentality at the club level. So, anyway, all that aside, they got the crucial yes. victory. They won ugly. They needed the three points because I have to be frank with you, I am shocked. Um, in the manner in which Atalanta lost to Milan, I thought yeah. that was <laughs> that was that shocking. was shocking. And the shocking thing is, again, Milan produced less chances than Atalanta, and uh, Milan. I thought Gattuso was unbelievable. Um, again, I a lot he gets a lot of shit, but you know the way players play for him, the way the team just. It, Seems like it never gives up, you know. Even after all the the, the missed opportunities and and games where they lost against the Olympiacos, you know, they exited the Europa League. The way they play for him and the way he can set them up sometimes, like they basically played that whole game with a counter-attacking mindset, and it was fantastic. That won won them the game. I thought. Atalanta looked like a completely different team. They it wasn't the Atalanta we saw play against us. It was uh, the, an Atalanta that didn't know how to uh, build something, um, make you know, create more chances. It, it's going to be tough, you know. It, this is not. I thought these three points were crucial because we 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 separated ourselves a little bit from Lazio and Atalanta. But it's not enough um, because this Milan team is picking up uh, steam. And, you know, there's been a lot of talk about Paqueta and Piontek being the only difference makers. I disagree. I, th- I think the, that whole team as a collective unit is, is performing brilliantly. And the way 
the way you hear Milan players talk about Gattuso is something you're not going to hear over here in Rome. I hate to make these comparisons, but it's true. Um, you hear Bakayoko basically saying thank you to Gattuso for saving his career, for making him look like his old self. And um, this is this fight for this fourth spot. It's going to be exciting for a neutral fan, but I, I I'm I'm currently preparing myself to shit my pants for the rest of the season because it's going to be a rough ride. Yeah, it's um, it's certainly going to be difficult. But I, I had this conversation with um, with a couple other friends of mine. But I'd be curious to hear your opinion. Just to wrap this up. Would you so for Roma's quest for this Champions League place? Are you more hoping on sort of uh, Roma doing well, Milan dropping points, or do you think the better chance is for a total capitulation from Inter? Because I got to be frank, I I think that has a better chance of happening than Milan sort of scuppering and dropping ah, I was I was thinking about that too because we're just like what four points uh or four points behind behind Inter or something like that are it four four points uh, yes yep it's uh five five sorry so Inter have four uh 46 Milan 41. 42 exactly Roma, um yeah I was thinking about it I you know it's hard to now say because they've won against Sampdoria but with the way Milan have looked right now, I'd say as well. I, I would agree. I, w- I would. I would think that I don't know the schedules for those two, for those two teams, but I think Inter may slip, uh, and they're more likely to slip than this Milan right now. Um, I mean, they play. Uh, they they play away yeah, to Fiorentina, Inter, and then they play away to Cagliari. Um, while Milan, they are at home against yeah. Empoli. At yeah, home they have against the Sassuolo, and then Roma. Yeah, and then Roma, obviously, at Frosinone, then the Derby against mm. Lazio. So Inter, by far, have the more yeah. difficult schedule. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I would agree then. I would agree with you. I think, yeah, we have... Uh, uh, it's, it's more likely we catch up to Inter than we do of catching up to Milan. Yeah, I, I mean, this, this drama between them, Spalletti... Icardi is the the timing is just insane to me but you know people want to blame Wanda whoever the club um I I don't know I just to me this stuff seems to follow Spalletti wherever he goes yeah it's true I I mean happens once um okay happens twice I don't know if it's a coincidence anymore so um all right well we'll wrap it up there we will talk again ahead of Frozenone. Um, hopefully we can work in more movie references. I don't know. We'll, we'll have to come up with some sort of theme because I like that. Um, the Godfather 1 and Godfather 2 debate had some good reception. So we'll find a way to work in more movie references. So we will, we will end it there. Uh, thank you everyone so much for listening and until next time. Ciao. Today's episode of the Roma Press Podcast was also sponsored by Euro Fantasy League. For the very best in online fantasy football, make sure you go to EuroFantasyLeague.com where you can not only find a variety of games, including FantasyCityA.com, which is their City A game, 
Premier League games, La Liga games. You can also find a variety of original articles from not only myself, but a variety of football journalists, including Chloe Beresford. And again, you can find that at EuroFantasyLeague.com or with the Champions League going on, their Champions League game at fantasy-champions-league.com.